0: The the Did you yeah this Mimer, episodes, it went through um Telegraph. We're getting it soon. went through WhatsApp in the uh, mm. 636 thing. Okay. This Mimer was said in a similar setup as this year. <laughs> Parshas Dvorim mm. Tishab of Nidcha, Tisha B'av fell phal- on Shabbos. And uh, the Rebbe Rashab actually once said a mimer on Tisha B'Av. And the Hasidim were so into it that they, as usual, when the Ebe, Rebbe Rashab would say a maimer, they would uh, review the maimer uh, after you finish the maimer. So instead of them eating before the fast, they were eating the Hasidus and they were reviewing the maimer over and over again. It came time to say, after, after Yom Kippur, they're still in the middle of reviewing the maimer for many hours. So uh, there is a, a certain kind of... Uh, in a year where tishbe falls out on Shabbos that there should not be any more uh, negativity and in Chasidis, where we learn the inner dimension of things um there's more of an emphasis on that on that phenomena so it's it's the fact that they were learning Chasidis on tishbe um uh, it's not just a um, nice story but it's indicative of what, of what of what the does this mimer is a very very deep mimer and then uh, let's let's try to do it. Let's go. You can go deep, and you can go deeper. As Zev Castro says, where we're going, we don't need roads. All right. Kate <laughs> <laughs> Hashem says the Jewish people, I'm going to put an end to all darkness. Hashem says. The world has a time how long it will stay in darkness. It's not forever. As says, there is a time for everything, for every object there's a time. So, so too, says the there's a set time for how long the exile, the darkness is set for. And once Hashem's time frame for darkness has been allotted, there will be no darkness. So Hashem made a time for darkness. He placed an end to darkness. The <laughs> Sarah, we need to understand, Since everything in the world has a set time to exist. As the Pesach says, Everything has a time. So What's unique about darkness having an end? Everything has an end. Why does the Pesach say specifically, I'll place an end to darkness? when everything in the world has a, a time frame of how long it will exist. But move the question is even greater. The language of the Pesach indicates that darkness has no intrinsic natural end, and it's only that God puts an end to darkness. So how, that means that not only does the Torah go out of its way to say darkness has an end, but the pasuk itself, which says that Hashem puts an end to darkness itself, that pasuk itself indicates that the natural state of darkness is not to end. So you need to understand how, why is darkness the exception to every other creature in the world that has a limit, that has a time frame, and it wouldn't have ended had not God said a set time when it's supposed to end. Actually, my beit explanation of this, this is as follows explanations like this all of the negative things you know the 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 um, the full the full uh, uh uh sentence um full paragraph that we're reading about uh Hashem puts it everything as a time continues with fourteen positive times and fourteen Negative times, a time to be happy, a time to cry. So the negative things that are not found in the 14 positive times, why aren't they there? How come the time of joy is not the time to cry? Why is that? By having those 14 positive things, that nullifies the 14 negative things. The 14 positive push away the negative so too is this with light and darkness light pushes away darkness not only does light push away darkness but even a little bit of light pushes away lots of darkness everybody used that expression in a lot of letters telling people who have lots of different issues to try to bring in more light in their life automatically that will push away a lot of darkness how come a little bit, light, little, bit, little bit of light pushes away a lot of darkness? No, the link. Oh, it's on the, the yeah, chat. I it's on nothing? It's on nothing? Just add it this second. We're stuck in cyberspace. I'll send it to you as a text, reserve. There is a time when it's supposed to get to you, reserve. It won't get to you a second <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Okay. In a case of what's the meaning of the Pasuk I'll place an end to darkness. By all the things, all the negative things, they don't exist concurrent with the positive things. The time of joy pushes away the time to cry, let's say. But in regards to darkness, what Hashem is going to do is not just that there will be something positive there to push away the darkness. Rather, Hashem is going to make an end for the possibility of darkness. It's not only that there will not actually be darkness present physically, spiritually, but that there will not be a possibility for darkness. By all other things, the Torah says, there are 14 times, 14 positive, 14 negative. When the 14 positive are there, they push away the negative. But there's, it's still possible for the negative to come back. That, regards to darkness, Hashem says, I'm going to put an end to darkness. And not only will darkness end physically, it will never come back. It will be impossible for it to come back. When we say that Mashiach will come, that the will last forever, and there will be no exile afterwards, there will never be another exile, it doesn't just mean there will never be another exile. It means it will be impossible for there to be another exile. There will be impossible for there to be darkness. This is similar to the Maimar and Minchot Shabbos. But that concept? It's not that there won't be war, there's no No possibility. possibility. Very good. Very good. Tell that I felt that you actually. That uh, wasn't I felt. It was Ariel Akoski. You say, What. Is the cause for this elimination of darkness? There, we just said two scenarios. One scenario is not like a push away darkness. Another scenario where there is no possibility for darkness. What is the cause for darkness's di- disappearance? It depends upon how much light you have. To push away the darkness. But even after it's pushed away, it's possible for it to come back. That could be accomplished through a limited light of the Ebershterah. A limited light, a smaller light, a light with limitations, that also could push away darkness. It's even possible for a little bit of light to push away lots of darkness. But in order for darkness to be completely eliminated, that's through an infinite light. As a Amedish explains, how come all other redemptions were followed by exile? Redemption from Egypt was followed by exile. Redemption from Babylonia was followed by exile. And all other exiles were followed by redemption, but again a subsequent exile. Why is that? Who how come the future Geula will be an everlasting Geula? And there will never be another exile. So Medesh gives a marshal to explain this. What's a (laughs) marshal? Because the redemption from Egypt is similar to the light of a candle. The light of a candle can be extinguished. (laughs) Unlike the future Geula is like the light of the day, it's impossible to extinguish the light of the day. Since the revelation of the future era of Mashiach will be an infinite light, that's the kind of revelation we're talking about, so in a light which cannot be interrupted, it's infinite, it cannot stop, nothing that could stop it. Therefore the redemption will also be an everlasting redemption that will never stop. So the Mandish's parable was again, you got the link? The Meishah's parable is like this. There is light of a candle. A candle is lit, and candle pushes away darkness. But eventually the candle goes out. But then there is light of the day. When the light of the day is there, then you can't put out the light of the day. So the Mashiach's coming is going to bring a new kind of light to the world, a light that cannot be extinguished. So that's why Mashiach will come, they'll never again be in exile. It's not just practically they'll never, never be in exile. It's because the light Hashem will bring to the world, it's not possible for that to be interrupted. It's an infinite light of Hashem. All other ex- redemptions were a limited light, and therefore that limited light could eventually succumb to the force of darkness, the force of. But the Gula HaShem, and the true and complete Uluth Mashiach, it's an infinite light of Hashem, and therefore it's impossible for there ever to be another exile. Yes? And with me? Yeah. Okay darkness isn't getting eradicated it just seems like there's so much light that darkness can never come back you are reading way too much Harry Potter <laughs> it's known every revelation is through Tera Teira is called light since the reason that exile will be nullified is because of this light So, in order to bring the coming of Mashiach, it's by learning about light, since Torah is what causes revelation. So, we're going to learn about light to bring about the light of Mashiach, because when you learn Torah, Torah causes revelation. So, since what's going to cause the end of all exile, the light of Hashem. So, in order to bring about this revelation. We're going to uh, learn about the light of Hashem and thus reveal the light of Hashem and thus bring Mashiach. Mm-hmm. And actually, Rebbe HaShab's Mimer that I mentioned that he said on Shabbos Parshas uh, B'dvarim uh, on Tisha B'av, and that the Hasidim were reviewing till into the middle of Tishabav, that Mimer was also about light. Why did Rabbi Rashab choose to speak about light? That tishba of the shleimer. said Because when tishba falls out on Shabbos, it's a special time to totally destroy and eliminate tishba completely. It goes there, and the way to nullify exile is through air, through light. Uh, the truth is, Reb Zev, that. Um, uh, your question has merit, because um, that, that was what the... Thank, thank, thank you, Rabbi. <laughs> I know that wasn't a joke question. It was a serious question, and I resent the Harry Potter comment. I'm sorry. I apologize. You, you're, you're right. It's it's not, it's not only because you read too much Harry Potter that you asked that question. It's also going to a lot of chassids. It's um, <laughs> beautiful You are losing on the telephone. I get all these wonderful messages. Thank you, Got some nice to the the that the mime that the Rabbi Lokauskas was saying on Shabbos was talking about how um, it's possible there to be revelation and for for things to be put aside to be to be uh, ignored because of the great revelation of Hashem and it sounds like when the light disappears then the then then the eclipse would again resurface it's only not there it's only not present because the light is nullifying them but not that they're intrinsically uh, uh, be nullified. But I think what we're talking about over here is not just a light that, in other words, the light that that we're learning about on Shabbos was a limited light of the Abishter, and therefore it leaves room for a hidden opposition. But this light of the Abishter, and we we'll are learn about it in this primer, but I think this is similar to uh, we learned about Yutes uh, Kislev, Tafshin Chavav, where Hashem reveals his infinite light which is present everywhere and therefore there's no possibility for for there to be a space where that's not revealed and therefore reveals the true existence of everything also so there's no place where it isn't so therefore there is no there's no hidden hidden opposition anymore because the uh, light reveals the truth of everything so it's not that there that there that there leaves room for opposition and and that opposition can can come back but the light reveals the truth of everything and therefore there's no such thing as an opposition even. A hidden opposition But anyway, so we're going to get into now Learning about the, what Chassidus calls Or, Chassidus calls light um, The energy of Hashem Is generally called light And we're going to learn why It's called light And different levels within light Just one thought before we get into it um, The reason why Chassidus uses The analogy of light To describe God's energy uh, One reason is because just like the light of the sun is attached to the sun and it cannot exist without being directly connected to the sun, so too Hashem's light is not a separate entity. Another reason why Jesus is using the analogy of light is because just like light when it's still in the orb of the sun is no separate entity unto itself, so the light of Hashem is not a separate entity. All it is is Hashem. It's not, it's not, a, it's not something which can be seen as a separate entity, which, which is a separate entity um but we're going to learn a whole new depth to this analogy of light and the various levels within light and uh let's go dive into it okay um, just the example that was brought like the shabbos pushes off tishabab. tishabab it doesn't seem to illustrate what we're discussing because if it pushes it off and come next back sunday one uh, is in Tishah so so therefore, it's not like we said said that this level of light with Mashiach is that it totally nullifies the whole idea of darkness when Shabbos pushes off. It's just pushing off that darkness to, to the next day. To the next day. Well, first of all, it's time you should know that halachically, when B'av falls out on Shabbos. The the the, the laws of Tishah are a lot more lenient. Uh, in regards to uh, when a person can uh, can uh, interrupt their fast, and not only that, but I mean on Sunday. On Sunday, not only that, but Sephardim who their minhag is to abstain from meat only in the week of Tishavaf. When is the week of Tishavaf? Is the week of Tishavaf this week or is it next week? So there are many poiskim which say that the will be lenient about at least for Sephardim and all the laws of Tisha of this year are completely, that there's no, the whole nine-day thing doesn't, doesn't apply in, in the way that it does in a regular year. So so halakhically, it's not just it's pushed off to the next day, it's lessened. And that's what the Rebbe Rashab said. Since it's been lessened, it should be completely lessened and, and uh, nullified. Let's go. The Rebbe Rashab explains in this Maimur that light means bitl. Light means nullification. The difference between a light and a vessel for light is that light is bitl and a vessel is yesh. Vessels is a thing. Why is light iron and vessel yesh? So let's first and sense down the meaning of the words light and vessel for a second before we go further in in every energy of the soul uh, there is a need for that energy to be filtered in a way that we could use it so let's say the power of eyesight you cannot see with the power of your soul's eyesight your soul's eyesight could see a lot better than you can spiritual holy things truth but it cannot see a table. So your soul's power of eyesight is filtered by your eye, and your eye um, obfuscates the somewhat the inner dimension of that soul energy, and it takes extraneous, lowest, hindermost part of that energy, and allows you to see physical things. So the vessel, what a vessel does is it conceals the inner dimension of something, and it reveals the external part of that thing. It takes the power of the soul's eyesight and it hides, it covers the inner dimension of the soul's eyesight and it reveals the uh, external part of the eyesight. It reveals the um, the uh, power to see the physical. That's what every and vessel do- does. The vessel covers the inner dimension of something and it reveals the external. We're talking about the uh, energy of Hashem, there's a few characteristics about the Eibischer's energy. One is that Hashem's energy doesn't want to do anything. It wants it to be attached to its source. The Eibischer's koyach, his air, er, his light, wants to be attached to its source. It has a, a sense of constant yearning. The vessel, on the other hand, is, it conceals the dveikos, the, the attachment of the light to its source, and it takes some of the, uh, and, and, it, and it holds on to the, that energy, and it brings it down. So the focus of light is to go upwards. The focus of the vessel is to go downwards. What the vessel does is it harnesses the energy of that light, and it brings it down. Let's talk about the soul and the body. The soul is the light, the vessel, the body is the vessel, the soul is, is, is in a state of because Hashem doesn't want to come to the world and the body harnesses the neshama's energy and it, it now can be now with the body's energy the body as a vessel uses the soul's energy to do teramitsis. so the soul is, is, is naturally in a state of ascent and the body has no energy of its own but, but through the marriage of soul and body the body the, 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 the nishama can function this in this world and do teramitsis. So the body is a yesh, the body is a thing. The neshama is a non-entity. The neshama wants to be cleaving to its source. That's also how it is in regards to Hashem's various attributes. Hashem's attribute of kindness, let's say. There is the energy of kindness. Energy of kindness wants to be attached to its source. Then there is the vessel of kindness. The vessel of kindness causes that Hashem's energy of kindness should actually not go up to its source, but instead... Be, uh, the trajectory should be shifted downwards to uh, to give off God's kindness. So, I, the earth, the energy of Hashem is in a state of ayin, of nothingness, of, 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 a, to be absorbed in its source, versus the vessel, it's about channeling Hashem's light. Now, the truth is Hashem, what's Hashem's goal? What does Hashem really want? Does he want the light to go back to its source, or does he want it to go downwards? Um, Rabbi uh, Baruch Hecht, uh, from when well, he said the story, I don't know the source of the story, but he said that the Rebbe Rashab when he made the yeshiva of uh, in in Lubavitch, so there was a big argument. What was the argument? All those who talk Gemara wanted every all the yeshiva students to come on time, and all those who talk Hasidus wanted the boys to daven a lengthier and and to come later and later to to, to 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 seder. So what happened was the Bacha would finish davening. <laughs> to come <laughs> the, to the Gemara, yeah, like like. Right, so uh, so what happened would be is that they would the, the Hasidim say they would finish at uh, seven o'clock, and the Gemali. Just kidding. No, they finished davening. <laughs> they would finish davening at, at at one two o'clock in the afternoon, and the people teaching Gemara would be yelling at them, "How come you? What are you doing in your film still? You should have been finished breakfast already and learning Gemara. Why are you are doing this?" And the Bach would be like, "The Mashpia told me that I should do this. I should be Mashpia. So I should daven at length." So he goes. How he tongue them down? The yeshiva has an order. That's time for gemara. Time for gemara. Why? Why tongue till daven at length? He says, yeah. The yeshiva has an order, but they have to daven. So uh, so there became a big argument, and there was no way to solve the argument because they were at odds with what the issue was about. So they came to the Rebbe Hashab and they asked the Rebbe Hashab what to do. The Rebbe Hashab said, "For this argument, the yeshiva was made. The yeshiva was made for this argument. In other words, th- 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 they both were correct in their positions. It's it's true." The the ones who are <laughs> who are teaching Gemara have to say that Gemara is the main thing. You have to come to Gemara, and the one who teaching Tzitzus have to say what are you talking about? You have to you can't, you can't limit your davin just because of time for Gemara. Uh, so practically uh, in the yeshiva, there is certainly yeshiva students who have permission to daven later. And uh, certain punishments they get sometimes and that were well, that the goal that's not the goal, but it's an exciting yeshiva. It's 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 there 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 is a uh, there's a dynamic there. The, the the dynamic is yeah there's they're both important and and, uh, and uh, there's no real not really <coughs> resolved. So anyway so so that's a similar kind of uh, phenomena with the lights and the vessels. The lights are harnessed. Hashem's goal is he wants a home in this world. It's true. Hashem wants light to come down to the world to, through, through the vessel But Hashem also wants light to be perpetually In a state of attachment to its source Otherwise light will not be able to animate anything the Light is only able to, able to animate something Because it's attached to its source So light perpetually is both in a state of attachment to its source instead of rotzoo, instead of yearning And it also has to go down to animate the world So the, the light is constantly fluctuating Between wanting to attach this, be attached to its source And descending downwards mm-hmm. and, anima- and animating uh, the level beneath it so that's light and vessel, eren kli. Okay, tomorrow we'll see three levels within light. We'll stop now.